Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. At any point during that trip, did Mr. Danilok offer you a position of defense minister with the Ukrainian government? He did. And how many times did he do that? I believe it was uh, three times. And do you have any reason why he, he asked you to do that? Uh, I don't know, but uh, every single time I dismissed it. Um, upon returning, I notified my chain of command and the, um, the um, appropriate uh, counterintelligence folks about this the offer. All right. The hearings have exploded in Nancy Pelosi's under her skirts. And the real quizzling, the real traitor has been exposed, in my opinion. Now, many of you are covering for Vinman, saying, how dare you accuse Vinman of being a double agent. Why, well, he, he's, he's Jewish, number one, and that makes him, of course, incapable of being anything bad. Uh, every left-wing publication, The New Yorker, you name it, all covering for Vindman, saying, the Republicans are accusing Colonel Vindman, a Jew, who fled Soviet persecution of dual loyalty. Uh, yes, I am. But I'm going further. I don't think it's dual loyalty. I think he is a deep state plant. I said that last week after studying this man's background, and now it has finally come clear to me, perhaps not yet to the world, that there is evidence that he was at least a deep state plant of the Democrat Party, CIA, FBI, you name it, whoever they are, the establishment that didn't want Trump to win, the establishment that hates you, the establishment that thinks you're a bunch of morons good only for paying taxes, etc. Why was Colonel Vindman the uh, a puppet there offered the job of Ukrainian defense minister three times while he was serving in the U.S. government. Now, listen, to the, here's the key question here. Not why did they offer it to him three times? Why would they think he might even take it? I, I want you to think about this very carefully, and I'll give you a movie to think about. There's a very telling scene in Godfather 1 where the uh, hitman, excuse me, the, the biggest guy that uh, Don Corleone has in his stable. I forget his name already. It's not that important. Luca Brazzi says he's going to go over to the other gang that's trying to hire him uh, because they want to hire him. And then the Don says to him, well, go over there and see what they have to say and play along with them. Play along with them. Make believe you might be interested in a report back to me. So the question is, why would the Ukrainian government believe that this great war hero, Colonel Vindman, would even take the job as defense minister while working for the U.S. Defense Department, moreover, while he's in the White House. Why would they think that Vindman might even have taken it? Why would they have thought that? Why? Tell me, you don't find that odd? I think that this is the thing that blew up now in Pelosi's face. And I have to congratulate the congressman who, who got this information. We can call today's show Notes from Underground in a reference to the great Dostoevsky. And I want to make one reference point before we begin. I've actually begun the begin, but I'll make a reference point. The KGB during the Soviet era had communist KGB officers aboard all Russian warships and in all government departments both to spy on and to test the loyalty of those within these ships and in these uh, bureaucracies to test their loyalty to the Communist Party. I believe Vindman is the equivalent of a KGB officer who was put in by the deep state, by the Democrats, to keep an eye on things for them. You say, well, that's not illegal. Maybe it isn't. But why was he offered the job of Ukrainian defense minister three times while serving in the White House. How can anyone justify that? I, I don't understand it. I believe that he is a Quisling. Now, remember this. Many of you are saying, how dare you call him a Quisling? How dare you call him a traitor? He served in the military. He has a Purple Heart. He was in a truck that got hit by an IED. All true. But I want to remind you that Benedict Arnold was a war hero who turned on George Washington and against the United States. So there is precedent to believe 
that a person wearing a uniform who served in the military could also turn against his own country. He says a deep state spy in the White House. Is he the enemy within? I think this is a bigger story than Trump asking Ukraine to investigate Hunter Biden and his cushy little role with Burisma. Why would they think that uh, Vindman would be available? What made the Ukrainians think he might take the job? I think he's a national security risk. I don't think he should have had a national security clearance. And we're getting reports now that there were those in the military who tried to pull him out, but he was protected within the Defense Department by old Obama holdovers. Now, I'm going to ask you this again now. What if General Flynn, who was destroyed by the vermin in the media, what if General Flynn had been asked by the Russians three times to be a part of the Russian military? Something is very, very wrong here. Now, I I expect this to go over the head of Jake Tapper, who has no brains and no conscience. I don't rely upon these empty suits to even understand this. This is beyond their pay scale. They're just the puppets of the paymasters who make billions of dollars. Of course, Vindemann then said he was offered the job jokingly. There are reports from some places that Alexander Daniluk, Daniluk, the former chairman of the National Security and Defense Council in Ukraine, said he only remembers speaking with Vindemann once about the defense minister position. He said, oh, he and Vindman had engaged in a lighthearted conversation about how the two used to live close to one another. Oh, really, in the former Soviet Union. Are you listening to this? Listen to what I just said to you. <clears throat> the defense minister for Ukraine used to live close together to one another in the former Soviet Union. One went to Ukraine, became defense minister. One went to the United States and became a deep plant of the left wing in America. And now they're trying to say it was just a joke. Now, look, this entire exercise is about the corruption in Ukraine. Can we all agree on that, whether we disagree on anything else? Can we just start with a starting point of possible agreement and try to get to the truth? I think we can all agree that this is about corruption in Ukraine. Everyone knows it is a corrupt nation. It has been for a very long time. But something is wrong here. Why would a corrupt nation offer the defense minister's job to Colonel Vindman three times by Vindman's own admission. We know that Trump asked Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, to investigate why a prosecutor who was investigating corruption regarding the Bidens, why why was he fired? Well, this this got Vindman very upset. This is what made him tip off the so-called whistleblower. These seem to be actions he did... uh, He didn't want Trump asking such a question. But now the blurry picture is coming into focus, right? The Russia investigation was all about Trump allegedly colluding with Russia. That turned out to be a false discussion, false argument. It never happened, right? But the real story is that of our own intelligence agencies trying to oust a duly elected president through a coup. This Ukraine star chamber run by Pelosi and Schiff is really about Trump trying to dig up dirt on a political opponent that was real. Not plant dirt, not make stuff up, but expose the filth of the Bidens. Remember that there's filth there. Never forget that the Bidens are filthy. Never forget that Biden is on tape boasting that he threatened to pull back a billion dollars in aid. You remember that tape? So now we see the sabotage of Trump's presidency. We see the sabotage of Trump's presidency. And we see a man who testifies today in full dress uniform as if like a toy soldier. I don't say it's unusual to testify in full dress uniform. Oliver North did it. Others have done it. But sometimes they appear in, in, uh, in, in business suits, right? But we had to see all of the medals shining on his chest. And I'm sure he earned all of them. But now we find out that this American hero to the left, Vinman, was asked to serve as Ukraine's defense minister three times. So the question is, well, what's the crime? What, what crime did he commit? He said no three times, right? Well, here's the question. <clears throat> Why would 
the Ukraine defense minister think he was even available? What would lead him to believe that Vindman might take the job? Do a loyalty? What was it? Where did he get the idea that Vindman was vulnerable to such an offer? Do you realize that such an offer unto itself is considered a bribe? Now, let me stop right there. We hear that the, the vermin on the left, mainly Pelosi, the gangster, the head of the gangster party, and Schiff, the uh, mouthpiece for the gangster party, have said that Donald Trump engaged in bribery. That was the latest uh, lie that they came up with, bribery. Well, this is bribery. I am the first in the American media to state to you that the great war hero marched out by the illegitimate left-wing hit squad today, Colonel Vinman Hero, committed bribery. You say, well, he didn't accept the bribe. Oh, yes, he did. By going back twice after being off the job once, he basically accepted the bribe. He didn't have to have money transferred, did he? There was something else implied by the defense minister of Ukraine, wasn't there? Wasn't there? I would argue that there was. And how do we know what might have been transferred to Vindman's family? Oh, I said it, didn't I? How dare I bring that up? You know why I'm bringing it up? Because we don't know. And since we don't know so much about so many things in this very strange case, I would say all questions are open to queries. All questions need to be answered. Why would the corrupt Ukrainian government, defense minister, offer Vindman, Schiff's toy soldier, the job of defense minister for Ukraine? Why would he even think he would take it? Savage asks. The answer is because they had some reason to suspect that this man could be bribed, that he was vulnerable. They knew him. They knew him, and they thought they could own him. And do they own him? Well, he, doesn't, he didn't expect the uh, congressman to ask him about this, did he? Now, before I take a break, I'll do two things so we can catch up. First of all, this is a very boring hearing, right? That's number one. Most people have tuned out, uh, myself included. I didn't watch it all morning. I tuned in, tuned out. However, when I heard that Vindman testified, he was asked to be Ukraine defense minister, every alarm bell went off in me. I said, this is the break in the case we've all been waiting for. The Republicans broke the code. Okay. No, no, no. Don't sweep it away because NPR is sweeping it away. Don't sweep it away because the Atlantic is sweeping it away. Don't sweep it away because all of the other fronts for the left wing in America are sweeping it away. I am asking again, how could an American military officer serving in the goddamn White House, how could he be, have been offered the job of Ukrainian defense minister three times and go back, by the way? After the first time, he never should have gone back to that office. If somebody tries to bribe you and you go back to that person a second time, you're actually complicit in possibly discussing the negotiation that is ongoing. I would argue that Vindman was in fact bribed by the Ukrainian uh, government and that Vindman was considering this offer until one of his higher-ups set off an alarm bell and said, be careful, it won't look good, it will destroy our impeachment game. I rest my case, ladies and gentlemen, you be the judge. Michael Savage, a host like no other. You know, let's be honest with each other. Most people weren't taught how to invest in school. I wasn't. No one taught me how to invest. And if you're like me, you probably wondered, why does Wall Street seem to win so consistently? How can I do more than just buy and hold? Is there a path to help me take better control of my financial future? Online Trading Academy wants you to start knowing now. As a leader in investing and trading education, Online Trading Academy teaches people just like you a step-by-step -step process designed to help you make the right moves in the financial markets. You're going to discover common investor mistakes. You'll learn about risk management skills. You'll learn how to develop a personal income and wealth education plan. And it's very simple to get started. OTA's flexible learning style lets you take classes at one of their more than 40 financial education centers or in an online classroom from the comfort and convenience of your home. 
Students have given Online Trading Academy a 94% satisfaction rating based on more than 190,000 reviews. No one will ever care about your financial future as much as you do. So now is the time to start learning how education can help you take better control of your financial future from now on. A strong economy is the best time to prepare for a bad one. What would you do if you knew skills designed to help you generate income and build confidence toward your retirement goals? Well, get started by joining the more than 500,000 people who have attended one of their free classes. Free. Sign up for a free three-hour introductory class at otatrade.com savage. I'll say it again. There is a free class in your area. You'll register by going to otatrade.com savage. Guess what? You'll even receive their professional insider's kit just for attending. Write this down. You got it? You ready to go? Here we go again. OTATrade.com slash savage. OTATrade.com slash savage. Begin taking control of your financial future today with no obligation. Once again, write it down and contact OTATrade.com slash savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. I have the actual short transcript of what Trump actually said on the phone call to Ukraine president, the comedian, and what the turncoat deep state plan Colonel Vinman actually said. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do it now. I'm short of time again. But I want to open up callers right now to these two questions. Are you ready? Are there any Democrats who've listened to these, I'd say, middle of the road, moderate Democrats who detest the communists on the left wing of your party? Have you had enough? Are you willing to stop embracing Nancy Pelosi's actions here. And likewise, are there any Republicans who have changed their minds and will not vote for Trump? Pelosi said it's dangerous to let the election determine Trump's fate. I want you to hear what I just said. Yes, that's a paraphrase. I'm aware of that. But that's what the crazy woman said. Did you see that today? You didn't see any. That didn't make it to you? I tweeted that this morning three hours ago. Pelosi says dangerous to let election determined Trump's fate. This mad woman and Schiff have literally destroyed the Constitution and the whole meaning of the rule of law and the whole concept of innocent until proven guilty. Do you realize if we apply the same rules to her, meaning she's guilty of corruption without a trial and she'd have to defend herself, I want you to think about what that would do to her. There were rumors about her from the get-go from the beginning. Rumors about Feinstein from the get-go from the beginning. No one's ever pursued them. They're too powerful. But if they were ever put on trial and they were said, you did this, you did that, you're going to be going to jail without a trial. Tell me what you would be thinking. You'd say it's crazy. A person is innocent until proven guilty in this country. Not according to Pelosi, the gang leader. According to this gangster, Trump was guilty from the day he won the presidency. Dangerous to let an election determine Trump's fate. Now we fast forward to the hearings today. Something happens. Something happens. It blows up in their face. They march out a toy soldier, the baby-faced Vinman, and uh, yes, he got a Purple Heart. We salute him for that. Benedict Arnold was a war hero, by the way, in the Revolutionary War, and he turned on uh, Washington. He's offered the job of Ukrainian defense minister three times while serving in the White House, and the Republicans found this out and quizzed him on this. I'm going to ask you again. If somebody tries to bribe you or somebody tries to seduce you into doing something that you know is illegal or wrong, would you go back to that person's office again? Would you ever go in that office again? Never. Never. Unless you went in with a wire, number one, or number two, you went in to have him arrested. If you went in again, it was because you were entertaining that offer that was trying to seduce you. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. At any point during that trip, did Mr. Danilok offer you a position of defense minister with the Ukrainian government? He did. And how many times did he do that? I believe it was uh, three times. And do you have any reason why he, he asked you to do that? Uh, I don't know, but uh, every single time I dismissed it. Um, upon returning, I notified my chain of command and the... Um, the um, appropriate 
uh, counterintelligence folks about this the offer. Did you want to just said this offer? I want you to, again, ladies and gentlemen of the Savage Jury, everything is at stake. There is a war going on. And whether you know it or not, you're an actor in this war. I know it because I was in the supermarket last night, pretty late at night. And a Hispanic man came up to me, looked like an ordinary guy, maybe a worker of some type. And he asked me something about, I don't know, an item on the shelf. I didn't really know what to say. And he said, you look like somebody I know. And he went on. Someone you would have thought for sure would have been a Nancy Pelosi Democrat, avid fan of the Savage Nation, and a very religious Christian Hispanic man. And he said to me, God put you here for a reason, Michael. Never give up. He said, you have the voice and the mind for this. Please don't give up. I believe that these hearings are blown up in Pelosi's face. I believe that there are millions of working, hardworking Hispanics, I'm going to focus on them for a minute, who know exactly what the illegal aliens are and what they're doing to this country and what threat they pose, not only to the nation, but especially to their own communities. They know the Democrats are a corrupt party, but I want to go back to the witness today, the puffy-faced war hero, Colonel Vinman. It's very interesting, again, that Vinman emigrates to the U.S. from the Soviet Union during the heyday of the Soviet uh, <coughs> immigration to America, he has a twin brother in the military. He has another uh, brother who's a top financier, by the way, in international finance, something to do with Tungsten. Tungsten Associates, if I recall correctly. Again, Tungsten, you hear this? So one goes into international finance. One is in the White House, etc. Good, very successful, smart people. Okay, fine. So one of the smart boy chicks is offered the job of Ukrainian defense minister three times. He turned it down three times, according to today's testimony. I have to take my hat off to the uh, lawyer that the Republicans are using, Mr. Castor. The man is a brilliant attorney. I'll hire him in a minute. Dan, I hope you're not listening. And Castor finds this information out, which we're going to find out more about this. How did the Republicans do this job to find out that he was offered this uh, job of Ukrainian defense minister three times. To me, this is the fulcrum of the entire undoing of the case. This is it right here. This is it right here because we're hearing about bribery. We're hearing about quid pro quo. If the Ukrainian government tried to bribe this guy into becoming Ukrainian defense minister, why? Why? I'll let you figure out why. Well, okay, you say, well, he didn't do anything wrong. He said no. He told his superiors. Okay, if that is true, then why did he go back a second time and a third time uh, again listening to the bribery talk? Why? In other words, if it's a second time now, you go to the counterintelligence, you go to your superior and say, look, I'm getting worried. They're offering me the job of defense minister. Now it's two times. What should I do? Well, if you had a real patriot in counterintelligence or a real patriot superior to this great hero, Colonel Finman, they would have said you're going back and you're going to wear a wire. And you're going to get this Ukrainian defense minister on, on tape because we've got to make sure everyone knows all the way up the chain of command, right to the commander in chief, the president, that they tried to bribe you to become defense minister and you turned it down. Maybe you'll get a medal for this, but they didn't. So you now ask the question, ladies and gentlemen, of the savage jury, why didn't his immediate superiors or the so-called counterintelligence officer tell him to wear a wire? Why did Colonel Vinman go back two more times and listen to this attempted bribery? Why? Again, let me put it in plain terms for you. You're an ordinary man in an ordinary job in America, and you work for a corporation, and you go, I don't know, you go to a competitive corporation, and you, whatever, you might have some interchanges with them, and they offer you a job the exact job you have, a bigger job than you have in the same department in their, in their company. Well, are you obligated to disclose this to your corporation, yes or no? Probably not. And that's why you can't understand what I'm saying to you. It's because the rules are different in the military than they are in the civilian world. Military justice is much different than the legal system we have. And I believe that the colonel right now is in very hot water because he did not he did not seeing stop seeing the person who was trying to bribe him
But it goes to the whole story of bribery here, doesn't it? It wasn't Trump who was trying to bribe Zelensky because the money was given without anything being done to Biden's son, Hunter. The bribery here is the exact other way around, as usual. As usual, when you get a fork-tongued maniac with bug eyes like Schiff, of course he learned in grade school. He's such a smart boy. He's such a smart boy. That's why his mama sent him to Lewis School, because she knew he could screw everyone over his whole life. So Schiff with the bug eyes, and again, is there a doctor in the house who could tell me what condition he may have, why those eyes are bugging out of his head? And why are his cheeks always so shiny? I could give you my reason, but I can't because it would be illegal for me to, to speculate on a medical situation that I know nothing about. But if I were off the air, sitting in a bar with you, I'd tell you what I think. I look at that man's eyes and I'm telling you, I something is off here. But put him aside again now. Let's go back to the great war hero. Here's what I wrote two hours ago. Colonel Vinman, the deep state spy in the White House says, I was concerned by the call. I'm quoting him now. I did not think it was proper to demand that a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen, and I was worried about the implications for the U.S. government support of Ukraine. That's what Colonel Vinman said. It sounds reasonable. But what is it that Trump actually said that Vinman allegedly overheard through the, through the uh, so-called whistleblower? Because Vinman wasn't on the call. You understand what I just said to you? Vinman never heard the call. Vinman was told by this sneak from the CIA, who they're hiding now. Here is what Trump actually said. Please pay attention. I know this is boring. Trump actually said this. There's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out about that. It would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution said Trump. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. Where is the bribery in that? Where is the quid pro quo in that? There is no bribery. There is no quid pro quo. There is no job being offered uh, as opposed to Colonel Vinman being bribed. Yes, he turned it down, but I'm very surprised that he didn't walk out of that room and never go back in that room or go back with a wire in order to uh, trap the man who was trying to bribe him. I believe Vinman is in a long line of quizzlings. And again, I will tell you, Benedict Arnold was a war hero during the Revolutionary War, our war against Britain, who then later, later, later turned on George Washington and turned against the U.S. and went to work for, actually went into working for the British. So there's a long line of quizzlings, and I believe, I believe Vinman clearly falls into that line. Now, I sent this to a friend of mine who's a fa very famous fiction writer, I've had him on the show before, Jeff Rovin. He's written with or a lot of the Tom Clancy novels. And since he's into spy novels, I said, Jeff, do you think Vinman is a double agent? Jeff said, good thought, but he's more likely just a deep state. We'd have to change the word. Saboteur. We had to change the word for the radio. He's uh, just a deep state saboteur, which is the same thing. Who else betrays his commander in chief like this? with impunity. A double agent would have more finesse, rude, self-impressed, and the antithesis of a patriot and embarrassment. That's what Jeff Rovin thinks. What do you think? What do you think about all of this? Sean in Texas thinks he's a hero. Sean, you have the floor. You're on the Savage Nation. Tell us your thoughts. I don't, I don't think he's a hero, sir. Uh, I'm a 21-year retired Army Sergeant Major myself, and the fact that you called him a toy soldier I think is disrespectful. The fact that you assume that, uh, I mean, whether he's wrong or right, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a Republican. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, but he was subpoenaed, and he was put on that stand to speak of what he said he heard, wrong, right, or indifferent. But for you to call him a toy soldier when you don't know anything about him and his service is just disrespectful. Well, we know a lot about him. We know a lot about him. We've been told everything you could possibly know about him. We know he's a war hero. He got a purple heart because he was in a truck that got blown up by the IED. We saw him march out with his medals and his uniform. We all know who he is. Well, what more do we need to know? But, but I'm asking you a bigger question. The bigger question is if you as a sergeant major were invited into the office of, let's say, your, your equal in command in a Russian military unit, and they offered you a job in the Russian army, what would you think? 
I would do exactly what he did. I would turn it down. I would report it up to my superiors. To your all right, fine, fine. Wait, wait. Would you go back to that same office again and again three times? Say, say that again. Would you then go back to the same Russian who offered you the job a second and a third time? I may not have that option, right? If I'm still in that position and I'm act, and I'm instructed to carry out that role, I don't have that option. Just like no, no, no. Wait a minute. He had the option. He was invited back, and he went back. But why would his commander and his, uh, his superior not have told him to wear a wire the next time? That's a, that, that is something I can't answer, nor can he, because he can't control what he tells you. But I can relate exactly. Well, I'm asking you, though, as a military guy. Sector you, you are in the military. You served America. You probably still serve America. Your counterpart in the Russian military offers you a job in the Russian government or the Russian military. What would you think of that? Oh, I, I would I would think it was uh, obnoxious and, and obscene. And I would tell OK, him. fine. So let's let's pause there for a minute. You go back a second time. He offers you the job again. What would you think then? The, the exact same thing. I would probably escalate it a little higher, but I can't control what my superiors, to your point earlier, do when he reports it. And I'm not saying that he's not sitting up there lying, you know, as, as the day is long, because I don't know that. Right. I, I have no idea. Uh, one way or the other. But, well, let me. I, I, are you a Trump supporter, by the way, or or not? I'm just curious. One hundred percent. Would you vote? Would you vote for Trump again, despite these hearings, sir? One hundred percent today. Interesting, very interesting. And I do respect what you're saying. I understand that you are, in essence, defending the man's uniform, not necessarily the man. Yes, sir. I don't know if he's telling. You, you hear what he just? You hear what I just said? The man is defending the U.S. military and the uniform because he's a great soldier, this caller. But I don't think you're necessarily uh, that respectful of Mr. Vindman. I'm not sure of that. I, I, I can't tell you that I am. I can tell you that he's, no matter what, is put in a very precarious position because he will, no matter what they said when they opened the hearings earlier about no reprisal, he, he's, in, he's in trouble. Well, who would conduct this reprisal that the Democrats are making believe will happen? Who's going to threaten him? Tell me who. Uh, nobody, but he, he is going to have to go, to go to boards to get promoted to that next level, and he's going to have a name no different than let's go back. Now, I'm only 46 years old, so I remember watching this in school. Let's go back to, to Ollie North, right? Yes. He had, he had zero ability to, to move forward after after well, so Ali North, to his credit, became a, a commentator and an author, and he did very good. So maybe Vinman could go to work for uh, CNN. I'm sure that uh, uh, they'll take him over there. He'd fit right in with Brian Stelter, looks like his older brother. <laughs> All, right. All right, look, Maybe. you know, what I like about guys who are straight up and real like this is you can argue with them and disagree with each other and still walk away laughing with each other, right? I, mean, I hope we don't dislike each other after this conversation because I don't think it's about you and I at this point. This is about something the stakes are, are much, much higher. What is your name again, sir? Uh, Sean. Sean, can I please offer you a free pass to my appearance on the uh, on the video? Yeah, that'd be great. All right, you'll have fun with it. It's only good until the end of the month. We spoke to the company tonight, and if you go to SavageNationLive.com and you download it, I'm sorry to tell you it's only available till the end of the month. We asked to extend it through the Christmas holidays. He said we can't. So this will dis disappear. It'll evaporate. Would you believe it? I, I didn't know that. Even if you bought it, you could only watch it till the 31st. That's the way it is. It's not a DVD. Anyway, it's me. And by the way, one of the tables there, and we won't say which because they're not in the video, uh, are severe military people. I don't mean like Colonel Vinman. I'm talking about another several rungs up. I wonder what they think. Any of them listening? Why don't you call me with a handkerchief over the mouthpiece? The Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. 
And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Certainly their Minister of Defense is a pretty key position yeah. for the Ukrainians. President Zelensky, uh, Mr. Daniluk, to um, bestow that honor on you, at least asking you. I mean, that, that was a big honor, correct? I, I think it would be a great honor, and frankly, I'm aware of service members that have left service uh, to help uh, nurture the developing democracies in that part of the world, certainly in the Baltics, former officers, and if I recall correctly, it was an Air Force officer that became uh, uh, Minister of Defense. But I'm an American. I came here when I was a uh, toddler, and I immediately dismissed these offers, did not entertain them. So Santa Claus in Ukraine offers this Quisling defense minister three times, not once, but three times he goes back and hears it three times. Well, you say, okay, he didn't take it, so he didn't do anything wrong. Well, again, life imitates art. Art imitates life. You have it whichever way you want. We're at war right now. There is a war going on in America, whether you want to know it or not. I myself, I know I'm in the front lines of this war, and frankly, the pressure is overwhelming. I'm having nightmares about this. I know Pelosi is a criminal. I know that Schiff, I, I can't even say the things I've read about him because they're not corroborated. I can tell you by watching Schiff, I know there's something very, very wrong. Not only with what he looks like, not only the bug eyes, but what he is doing. Blocking witnesses, cutting off witnesses, not letting us see the whistleblower upon whom this entire case hinges. Never heard about any. never heard anything like this in my whole life. So today they wheel out a toy soldier. Again, I'll use the phrase I use because it's more apt than anything else. A toy soldier, a tin soldier, Mr. Vinman. Hey, Mr. Vinman. And Vinman wears full dress uniform with all his medals. Earned them all, I'm sure. And the puffy-faced Vinman uh, says a few things today that are very cur curious to me. He was asked why the word Burisma was not in the transcript. Burisma, as you know, is the company that paid Hunter Biden 50000 a month for doing nothing. I want you to listen to Schiff now leading uh, uh, the toy soldier and Williams. Listen to this, admitting that the word Burisma is not in the transcript. Listen to clip 12. The word Burisma appears nowhere in the call record that's been released to the public. Is that right? That's right. Correct. Do you know why that's the case? Why that was left out? I do not. I was not involved in the in the production of that transcript. I attribute to that to the fact that this transcript um, that is being produced may have not caught the word um, Burisma, and uh, it was in the tra in the transcript that was released. It was released as the company, which is which is accurate. It's not a, um, a significant omission. You hear the cover story? I don't know if you, you look. You have to be a bit of a, a, a reader of spy novels to know what just happened here. Schiff leads the toy soldier. And Schiff is now covering for the fact that he got caught changing the word Burisma to the company. They, they left the words Burisma out. So Schiff, being a very clever lawyer, gives uh, the toy soldier a script to read. And the toy soldier says, blah, blah, blah. It was called the company, which is accurate. It's not a significant omission. Oh, yes, it's a very significant omission because uh, we want to know the name Burisma over and over again. It's germane to the entire reason Trump said the things he said. Now, let me ask you something again, if you're a man in the middle or a woman in the middle. Have any of these hearings, including today's, changed your position one way or the other? I'm not leading you. I'm not telling you what to think. My personal gut feeling is that everyone's dug in. We've all heard that from everybody. Both sides are divided like uh, the Mason-Dixon line before the Civil War. We all heard that. That's stuff that everyone's heard already. But I'm asking a different question. I believe today's hearings clearly changed the balance. And I personally believe it's changed a lot of moderates to move over to the side of saying enough is enough. This is a construct. They're making it up. Schiff is corrupt. Pelosi is a crazy corrupt witch. And it didn't help them at all today. I think that many people went over to the Trump side and holding their nose saying they're going to vote for him, even though they don't, they don't like his character or his personality. They know he's better for America than these, uh, than these uh, communists. 
Uh, and so that's it. Now, if you were in a court of law, you ladies and gentlemen of the Savage Nation, would you like to be able to face your accuser? Wouldn't your defense counsel demand that you be able to face your accuser and have your defense counsel ask him questions? I think that's a cornerstone of American jurisprudence. In fact, I know it is. I learned it in the fifth grade. Something that Pelosi apparently didn't learn. Something that little Schiffer didn't learn. The shift knob didn't learn that the difference between a totalitarian state like China and a democracy like ours is that you can face your accuser in a court of law. That's the only chance you have to take someone who's accusing you falsely and disprove their lies. Otherwise, you're living in the Nazi German era or the Soviet era where any neighbor can accuse anybody of anything. We don't want to live there, do we, uh, Adam? Nancy, you didn't really want to create the Soviet Union here, did you? I know you have it real good up there in Pacific Heights. I know that there's no newspaper to ever, ever criticize you and Diane, ever ask a question about the mismanagement and the corruption of the city and state. But you know what? Now that you're out into the national arena, it's a little different, Nancy. You do not own the entire press. You do not own all the radio stations. You do not own all the people who are commentators in this country. And they're asking these questions. And the unwashed masses that you laugh about, and laugh at rather, at your little parties up there with the Gettys on the hill, you laugh at all the little people out there who are not as good as you, not as smart as you, not as lucky as you. You laugh at them. They're all not stupid, Nancy. They may know what's going on, and they don't like it. And I think that um, the uh, seesaw has moved. Now, there's a few more Vinman tapes that I want to play because Vinman, the toy soldier, the tin soldier, is asked about Hunter Biden. And in this one, in clip 13, listen to what he says. Listen to 13. We talked a little bit about at your deposition about whether um, Mr. Biden was qualified to serve on this board. Um, and, and, you know, I, b I believe you acknowledge that apparently he was not, in fact, qualified. As far as I can tell, he didn't seem to be. But uh, like I said, I don't, I don't know his um, qualifications. Okay. So even he says that Hunter Biden was not qualified to get 50000 uh, a month. That's very important to be put onto the record. From the same Vindman was offered the job of Ukrainian defense minister three times. We understand that. But why is Vindman so germane to this entire story? Why are we even hearing from this guy today? Why is he even there? Who is he? Was he the one who actually heard what Trump said? The answer is no. He was not on the call that Trump made to Zelensky. Who did he hear it from? An unknown so-called whistleblower. A friend, a colleague, another CIA uh, insider. It's all the CIA trying to bring Trump down. Now, never forget what Charles Schumer said in January after Trump was elected. Robert, you can find that one because this is playing out exactly the way Schumer said it would play out. I don't know if we have it. I mean, I'm you take on the intelligence community. Go. They have six go. ways from Sunday at getting back at you. That's all. I don't know if you heard that from old Charlie Schumer. He said it right after Trump was elected. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways to Sunday to get back at you. Now, I don't know why it's seven days to Sunday, why it's not seven days to Sunday, because they, they work 24-7, the intelligence community. They're out to get back at you. And they're getting back at Trump with every lie that they can possibly put together, and, and none of the lies are sticking. In fact, as we saw today, it may have turned on them. Because I believe Vinman is now seen for what he is. I believe Vinman is seen for the deep plant that he most likely is. He was offered the job of Ukrainian defense minister three times, three times, and he didn't, he didn't uh, accept it. That is true. But why did he go back to the same corrupt Ukrainian official and not wire him? That's what I'd like to know. Can anyone explain that to me? Has anyone's mind changed? as a result of these uh, Stalinist show trials that Schiff and Pelosi are running. Did you know that Pelosi said it's dangerous to let elections determine Trump's fate? That's a paraphrase. It is true. But nevertheless, it's the issue at hand. Pelosi said it is dangerous to let elections determine Trump's fate. Did you hear what I just said to you? Nancy Pelosi, dangerous to let election determine Trump's fate. There she is. 
on michaelsavage.com. The story is linked to the original quote from the, the Washington Examiner. That dangerous position only adds to the urgency of our action because the president is jeopardizing the integrity of the 2020 elections and uh, she wants to make sure it's not the elections that determine whether Trump stays in office, but it's her and Schiff's lies and Soviet show trial. As far as I'm concerned, both of them have committed treason, trying to bring down the commander-in-chief. But I'm only a talk show host, no power, of little influence, of little importance. In the last days of my fading career, I asked some questions. Nowhere near as powerful as Brian Stelter, a great genius. No one ever heard of him, but he has a big position on CNN. Certainly not as bright as the boys on, on uh, the television shows, all who answer to their corporate masters. By the way, on my website, Pete Buttigieg, he's going nowhere fast, takes flack over 2017 picture at the Holocaust Memorial. Look at this prize. Him and his girlfriend, boyfriend rather. Him and the boyfriend, Pete Buttigieg, go to the Holocaust Memorial and this clueless pig poses in front of the Holocaust Memorial in a pair of tight jeans and puts it on Instagram and the boyfriend is just thrilled. Uh, about how good he looks in front of the memorial in Berlin. Twitter uses ranked, rake, rake Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg over the coals Monday over an old photo of him posing at the Holocaust Memorial in Berlin and posted by his husband with the caption, quote, this guy, this guy, shows the South Bent, the South Bent Indiana mayor standing in the middle of the memorial looking back over his shoulder at the camera. One person wrote, only a stone-cold psychopath makes the Holocaust memorial about his adorable relationship. Shame on you. Another person said, this guy Instagramming at the Holocaust memorial has some explaining to do. <laughs> That's what's running for the presidency now. That's what you want to win, uh, this one, from uh, South Bend, Indiana. He's going nowhere. It's not Ameri Look, let me be very clear. I have to preface it again so I'm not attacked by the gay community. The all-powerful gay community listens to every word I say. Uh, and they think that I'm a homophobe, which I'm the furthest thing from a homophobe. I'm a sexual libertarian. Now, having said that, I'll tell you right now, I know America better than you do. America is not ready for two men occupying the White House. They're just not ready for it. They haven't moved as far as San Francisco. They're just not ready for it. They're not as evolved as West Hollywood. They're not as evolved as uh, Greenwich Village. Most of America is not even up to uh, the 1960s with regard to the movement. You're a little too far ahead of yourselves here. They're not ready for two men in the Lincoln bedroom. They're not ready for Mr. or Mr. Uh, president. They're just not ready for it. They're stupid. They're, they're just primitive. They're just primitive. They're not as advanced as the dinner guests at Nancy Pelosi's table. Pete Wittigag is going nowhere fast. He's getting nowhere. It will be, no, if, if Biden doesn't, let's say, swallow his false teeth before the election, if he can get to that point without choking on a loose tooth or a bridge that falls out, God forbid, and chokes him to death, it'll probably be Biden versus Trump. Trump's weekend hospital visit gets skeptical reception, health under scrutiny again, media panic Melania into thinking he had a heart attack, very routine, blah, blah, blah. Former White House physician says it's a neurological issue. It's all on the Drudge Report. Uh, this is in the middle of the impeachment circus going on. My bottom line is that this guy, the toy soldier, the tin soldier of the uh, Democrat left, unfortunately for the Democrats, destroyed the entire case, weakened the entire case, and the case is now over. Trump is innocent. Most Americans want to move on. They can't stand it. Thanksgiving is next Thursday. They don't want to hear any more of this crap from Nancy Pelosi. I'll tell you what they want to hear about in a few minutes in the Savage Nation. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. But if the Democrats and the media are suddenly so deeply concerned about bribery, you would think they would take some interest in Burisma paying Hunter Biden $83,000 a month. And you think they would be interested in Joe Biden threatening to withhold U.S. loan guarantees unless the Ukrainians fired a prosecutor who was investigating Burisma. That would be a textbook example of bribery. 100% <laughs> right. 
100% right. Now, let's again say the president is commander-in-chief. He's also the chief executive officer of the United States government. Is that? Do we agree on that, whoever the president may be? He's the chief executive officer of our nation, whether it was uh, whatever his name was, Obama or Trump, okay? And he has responsibilities, which include managing the budget, overseeing the budget as the, as the CEO. That's what he does. So now... $400 million is supposed to go to a corrupt nation called Ukraine. And he's worried about it because he don't know where the money is going to go. So he wants them to look into these people in Ukraine who tried to bribe Americans uh, with uh, Hunter Biden. He's worried that the money may not even go for military hardware. It could go into the hands of the corrupt officials in Ukraine. So he says, I want you to look into this thing. Tell me why that's wrong for a president to do. Where is the crime? Where's the impeachable crime? In fact, I think Trump should be given some great prize for what he did, for having the guts to stand up to a corrupt nation instead of always giving money to these nations and getting nothing for it or half the money winding up in the pockets of corrupt officials. Trump wanted to make sure the money didn't go into the hands of corrupt officials to the best extent that he could. What the hell is wrong with that? So they turned that now into an impeachable offense? I do not believe that Americans are buying this act. I believe this blew up under Nancy's skirts. I believe Schiff is going to believe a disgraced, broken man. And I believe that the American people will see through this the longer it goes on. And I think the Democrats committed the greatest error in their lives. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. The most profound threat to democracy today is not from Russia nor Putin's desire to rebuild a lost empire, nor is it from China, though China is busy exporting its digital form of totalitarianism to other nations. No, the most grave threat to the life and health of our democracy comes from within, from a president without ethical compass, without an understanding of or devotion to our Constitution, and the beautiful series of checks and balances it established, setting ambition against ambition. I want so you to no listen one... to me very carefully. This is Adam Schiff giving a speech over the weekend to the corrupt communists at the Democrat Party of California, going on record saying the most profound threat to our country is not from China or Russia, but from the President of the United States. I do not know how the man cannot be taken off this committee. I don't know what country I live in anymore that this man, who is clearly out to get Trump one way or another, and admitted that he's out to get Trump one way or another, and has been working since Trump was elected to get rid of him one way or another, for a, a man running a committee hearing like this, an inquiry, say that the threat to our democracy is not from Russia or Putin or from China, but it's from the President of the United States, if this is not, if these are not the words of a traitor, Tell me what words would be coming from a traitor. Adam Schiff should have been arrested for these words, or at the very least removed from this uh, committee hearing immediately. They should have taken him out in handcuffs. He's shown his cards. He slipped. He was in front of friend, a friendly crowd, the Democrat communists of California. And he gave a speech saying that the most profound threat to our nation is not from China or Russia or even from Putin, but from Donald Trump himself. How can anyone believe a word that this man says, number one? And number two, why is he not arrested for his seditious acts? It's not treason because it's not a time of war. It's sedition. It is sedition. Turn it around. The shoe is on another foot. A Democrat becomes president at some future time, maybe not in 2020, but in 2024. And the same thing is done to a Democrat president where a Republican gives a speech over a weekend where he says the greatest threat to our democracy is not from China or from Russia, but from this Democrat president. And then he goes back to running a committee inquiry as to impeach that president, whether or not to impeach that, that uh, Democrat president. Tell me what you'd be saying, all you so-called Democrats out there. You'd be outraged, and rightly so. You'd be demanding that the uh, chairman be removed, and rightly so. You're demanding that that committee chairman, whoever it is, what they call him, inquiry, whoever they're calling him now, the new sham to keep it going as long as they can. See, Pelosi had a strategy. First, we'll do an inquiry in order to drag the president through the mud. 
as long as we could. We'll run it right up to Christmas. We'll smear him with an inquiry. Then, just before the election, we'll run that one right out to the election so the rubes out there know Trump's no good. We'll run the actual impeachment hearings or vote, whatever it is. I believe that this inquiry has been very useful because I think that thoughtful people have come to see how corrupt and evil Pelosi and Schiff and that gang really are. And, I, and if you ask me if I were to do an instant poll of my own thoughts on it, remember, I want to just say this again. I have a pretty good way of gauging what the American people think or I wouldn't be in business for a quarter of a century. I don't care whether you like my politics or not. It doesn't matter. I can read what's going on in the country. I have a great stethoscope. My stethoscope can read the heartbeat of America very accurately. And although Trump remains a very divisive president, a very unpopular president, no question about it, country split, these hearings have been a disaster for Pelosi's gang that thought they could take over the country. They have blown up in Pelosi's face. So far, there's been no knockout punches against Trump. In fact, the reverse is true. I believe they knocked themselves out with these fake hearings. And I believe that if a vote were held today, most Americans who were in the middle or independent would say there's nothing there. They're persecuting a president. They're not letting him do his job. They're trying to give him a heart attack. They want him to die in office is what they're doing. They're trying to kill him. That's what I think most people would say. And I'll remind you of something else again. It's always been true that America likes an underdog. It's been true in sports since I'm a little boy. America always roots for the underdog. Are you going to tell me that Pelosi is the underdog? Are you going to tell me this rat vermin Schiff is the underdog? No, the underdog here is Donald Trump. They've actually increased his likability factor because of what they're doing to him. They're persecuting him. And although he's a rich, powerful man, the most powerful man in the world, the average guy looking at this situation says, God in heaven, what if they did that to me? What if someone in my workplace accused me of something that I didn't do? And then they got a kangaroo court going against me. How would I feel? That's what's actually going on. So a lot of people who might have thought about moving away from not, not exactly voting Democrat, but not voting again. See, here's the big, the big mystery here is how is the Eddie going to vote? Or will he vote? Remember I told you that I was instrumental in getting Trump elected. He knows it. I know it. Everyone knows it. I don't need what the other talk show hosts think. It doesn't matter to me. Their opinions matter only to their listeners, not to me. When the president put his arm around me at Mar-a-Lago shortly after the election, it was uh, November, he put his arm around me and proudly proclaimed, I wouldn't be president without this man. He was right. And we've had some bad times together because I've been very critical of some of his policies. And he doesn't like criticism. There's no question about it. Do you know any rich, powerful man who, know, who likes criticism? You know anyone in your family who likes criticism? Does the garbage man like criticism? If you criticize the garbage man for the way he left the can in the street, he'd also get pissed off at you, wouldn't he? Now take that up to the presidency. No powerful man, no man on earth likes criticism. So he got pissed off at me. But then he invited me on and we made up and all of that. I don't know where I stand with him now. I know I'm invited to the White House in December for a party. I don't know whether I'm going to be able to make it or not. That's a separate story. It's irrelevant to this situation. But I will tell you this. I don't know how he takes this this pain. I don't know how he takes the lies. I don't know how he stands and listens to this day in and day out without getting sick. I know I couldn't do it. I know I probably would have quit. That's what they want. They actually wanted to drive him out of office. And that demonic gang leader, Nancy Pelosi, I told you she thought she had become president from these hearings. They tried to tie Pence to Trump and bring them both down at once. They tried to decapitate the American government like the enemies within that they are and make Pelosi president. That's what was in the back of her mind as sure as I'm sitting here. When she sat in front of her makeup mirror, morning after morning after morning, she didn't see Nancy Pelosi. The words President Pelosi were going through her mind like little, nut, like little gingerbread houses. It was President Pelosi who was going to suddenly and just by chance, finally become the president of the United States by decapitating the president and the vice president with these hearings. You think that there's no madness here? You think that a play couldn't be written about the madness of Madame Pelosi using that stooge liar, rat bum, mook, rat, ugh. 
I know the type. I ran from New York because of that type. I know who Schiff is. I know what the Schiffs are like. They're the type that made me go into the fields I'm in to have nothing to do with them. They're the worst kind of humanity. The lowest form of humans are the Schiff types. Not because he's a lawyer. I know the type who became lawyers. Some of them are wonderful people, but that type, they're not even ambulance chasers. They're not even... They're not even at the level of a class action lawyer who are about as low as they come. Or let's say a doctor, a plastic surgeon who charges a fortune to do nose jobs. Or a plastic surgeon who does silicone butt injections. That's the type. If Schiff were a doctor, if Schiff's mother was not as vicious, turning him into a lawyer, for example, and instead Schiff became a doctor, Schiff would be the kind of doctor, in my estimation, who would have given... Uh, silicone butt injections using not silicone, not medical grade silicone, but uh, plain plastic from from a hobby shop to save money and screw the patient. If Schiff had gone into giving nose jobs uh, instead of being what he is today, he would have given nose jobs and left patients near death. If Schiff were the type, get the picture. If Schiff were a kidney surgeon, he would have sold the other kidney to India for a, a buck on the side. That's the kind he is. I ran from New York to get away from them. I went as far away as I could. I went thousands of miles away to get away from that fetid New York City that I grew up in because of these types. I ran from them. And here they are now. They've taken over the legal profession in terms of these so-called, this inquiry. And the filthy, dirty behavior that they are known for has come front and center. The shift type. The lowest form of humanity. And I do not think he is selling very well to the American public. Not only the bulging, bulbous eyes that indicate a mental illness, if not something worse. And I'll go into that at another time. I'm really waiting for the other shoe to drop on those eyes. Somebody's going to disclose what those eyes are about. They are not normal eyes. I am sorry. We are looking at a deranged individual there. Totally deranged. There's something here. There's some medication. Something is my estimation of pure speculation now. Pure spectral. I've never seen a normal person with eyes like that. Never. Never. Then you got the, sh- the cheeks that shine all the time. There's something odd here, just something odd. I can't put my finger on it. But I think the truth has a way of coming out. And I believe, as I said to you before, Schiff was picked, handpicked by Pelosi to sell this to the American people, and it's not selling. It didn't sell. Schiff didn't sell the lie. And that's because Trump did not commit an impeachable offense. Now, the question is, how does he get away with giving a speech the weekend before, behind closed doors, which we got for you, saying that the greatest threat to our democracy is not China, it's not Putin, it's not Russia, it's Donald Trump. How does this man not get arrested immediately for sedition? Because we're living in corrupted times. We're living in times when corrupt individuals in the Democrat Party, which is really much like a gang. The Democrat Party is almost indistinguishable from a gang. It's a very powerful gang. It controls uh, behind the scenes an awful lot. They control the media. Almost 100% is controlled by the Democrats. Years ago, I wrote a book called The Enemy Within. It touched on some of these themes. But in one of my previous books, and I don't know which one it was, I referenced what Obama had done to the military to get down to brass tacks to Vindeman. I don't have much time left. In it, in it, I gave a 16-point plan to save America. And in it, I stated that whoever becomes president, and that was before Trump was elected, must fire everyone in the military at captain or above who had been handpicked by Obama because Obama had purged the military of most of the officers who were patriotic and loyal to this country. He persecuted and purged them out of the military. He put in Vindemans. Everywhere you turn, there was another Vindeman or Vindman. I think they left the, the E out when they came to America. It became only Vindman and uh, not Vindeman. I think it's Vindman here. No, the Americanized version is Vindman, Vindman. Mr. Vindman, the great war hero, is an example, a perfect example of what Obama did to the military. Disloyal. And I will say again, the big picture, it is not selling. Schiff failed miserably. What do you think? 
Let me know. The phone number is 855-400-SAVAGE. We'll have a few minutes when I come back. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. So Nancy Pelosi, uh, sitting in front of the makeup mirror, sees her as President Pelosi in her mind. Here's a woman who has destroyed San Francisco. You say, well, she's a congressman when she has nothing to do with it. You're wrong. Her and Feinstein represent this area, including San Francisco, and they've let the city turn into a hellhole. I don't going to go into the doo-doo stuff. I'm going to tell you about the crime wave as the show comes to a conclusion. A shocking story hit yesterday afternoon. Five people were shot to death in a rental house in uh, an upscale community, I think, in Orinda. And the DA chose not to press charges. The cops did their work. They investigated it. Five were shot dead. And they arrested five men for murder. And the DA chose not to prosecute. Shootings and deaths, the DA let suspects walk free in San Fran. You'll not believe this story. The Contra Costa County District Attorney's Office announced yesterday no charges are being filed against the five men arrested in connection with the deadly Halloween night shooting at an Airbnb rental in Orinda. Could you believe this? Now, wait. That's one story. And there's a racial element to it, by the way. These are black men who killed blacks at a party. They rented a house for a party, all black folks, I believe, and these five guys shot people shot the party up and killed five people the da won't press charges why is that why are they letting orinda becomes uh chicago what is this about i thought black lives matter if black lives matter why is he not prosecuting them i'll let you figure out why san francisco another story vandals deface san francisco ice cream shop with chemical graffiti we have a video of it it's on michaelsavage.com these are three white punks they're the antifa types they're going around defacing stores all over the city. They're using some kind of chemical spray to destroy shop windows because they want to and because they know they will not be prosecuted by the uh, people here in San Francisco who follow, follow the uh, law, according to Nancy Pelosi. Store surveillance captures a man in a gray hoodie with his face covered vandalizing the store in September of 2019. He etches graffiti into the window, ruining the glass. The owner believes the vandal used some sort of chemical, possibly acid. When he's finished, the vandal decides to shoot video with his cell phone admiring his work. Use graphic language, vile figures, and uh, he was not, they're not arrested. Police are not allowed to investigate this. There's a reward of $1,500 from the ice cream shop owner. $2,000 reward for impatient leading to the arrest of the vandals. Twice to file this store with deep etchings. Why are they picking on this man? Why are these white vermin? from Antifa doing this to this poor guy. Why? I don't know. You figure out why. What, did he do something they don't like? So there are a lot of defaces store and the cops can't investigate and arrest them. And if they were arrested, they wouldn't be prosecuted by the new terrorists uh, DA soon when he comes into office. Michelle Obama announces her voting squad of millionaire actors, singers, and sports stars. She's still pu pushing that act. The $70 million book deal, the $100 million Netflix deal. And she's still down with the people? How many people are buying that act anymore? I'm afraid many. Go to michaelsavage.com. Visit me online at Savage Nation Live. With God's will and your listenership, I shall return. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs> 